Let us pray. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Jonah 1-2 My God, when I hear the whisper of your voice like a cool breeze, I will heed your commands and come into alignment with your heart's desire. I will not take the position of Jonah in my life by looking out for myself and ignoring the plans you have for me. Through my obedience, I am securing myself from being thrown overboard in the storm of life and from causing others to suffer as a result of my disobedience. No matter how reluctant I might feel, through my faithfulness to you, no fish will be needed to get me to the place you've called me to go. Instead of being thrown up, I will grow up and acknowledge that you are in control of my life. And, as I submit to your ways, deliverance and purpose will follow. Instead of being thrown up, I will grow up and acknowledge that you are in control of my life. And as I submit to your ways, deliverance and purpose will follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything, for every passenger, feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Jonah and the Fish 
In our last story, we said goodbye to the prophet Elisha. Along with the prophet was the end of the era of kings. The nations of Judah and Israel continued to wrestle with God. Their hearts were in a continual state of drawing near and far from Him. Soon a great threat would arise to take Israel captive. This was a threat they were not prepared for. Now we learn about the prophet Jonah. Unlike the prophets before him and after him, Jonah was a prophet that actively ran away from the Lord's calling on his life. Soon Jonah would be consumed by his own disobedience and learn the true meaning of closeness to God in the belly of a giant fish, inspired by the book of Jonah. Hello, this is Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In yesterday's scripture, we heard of the downward spiral of Israel, who under King Jehoaz and later his son Jehoash continued to turn to foreign gods, facing defeat after defeat from outside enemies. Israel would soon face a great fall like they had never seen before as God judged them for their stubbornness and sinful behavior. Today, we'll hear about an unwilling prophet by the name of Jonah, who was sent to a wicked people to call them to repentance. God's call for Jonah to preach in Nineveh will highlight just how merciful our God is, not only to the Jewish people, but to everyone. Let's listen now to the reading of God's Word. Jonah watched as the gentle tide rolled in from the sea. The morning breeze was cool on his face and filled his lungs with fresh air. He watched the water rise and fall to the rhythm of the tide. Jonah was a man who valued his peace. Although he was a prophet of God, he was not like Elijah or Elisha. Jonah valued harmony above all. During the crisis of King Jeroboam, Jonah prophesied that he would win all of his battles and bring victory to his kingdom. He did this because he did not want to tell the king something he did not want to hear. Jonah saved his own reputation and safety. The prophet Amos eventually rebuked him and told the king that he would certainly lose his battle and his kingdom. Jonah was not ashamed of these things. He knew that he must look out for his own peace and his own comfort first. So Jonah sat, staring out at the sea, enjoying his blissful morning without quarrel or stress. Jonah closed his eyes and allowed the morning sun to shine on his face. He could hear the waves slowly crashing on the shore and the sound of birds chirping in the air. With his eyes still closed, Jonah could hear another peculiar sound. A whisper came in with the breeze. The voice was gentle but clear and strong. Jonah could sense the presence of God drawing closer. Arise, God said. Jonah's forehead began to wrinkle as he listened to the words. Go inland to the great city of Nineveh. They have fallen into a great deal of wickedness. Go and point out their evil so they can repent. Then the voice of the Lord trailed off with the breeze. Jonah opened his eyes and stood to his feet. No, Jonah thought to himself, absolutely not. Jonah would not help the wicked people of Nineveh. Jonah had a deep-seated hatred for them. Pain and contempt harbored in his heart 
like an old ship without a sail. He would not preach the word of God to them. He would not help them. He would not allow them to be spared. Jonah knew they deserved to die, and he wanted no part in whatever redemptive plan he had in store. So Jonah boarded a ship to Joppa that was setting sail for Tarshish. He paid the fare and ventured off with a crew of Gentile sailors. Tarshish was the furthest city from Nineveh. There he would seek safety from the uncomfortable and dangerous call of God. Jonah watched Israel become smaller and smaller as they sailed away. Jonah sighed and decided to go down and sleep. As Jonah slumbered, clouds were rolling in from the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. The waves began to chop at the side of the boat. The clouds grew darker and thunder echoed across the waters. Lightning struck dangerously close to the ship and the wind began to howl with great force. Jonah could not outrun God. The sailors tugged at the ropes trying to keep the sails from tearing to shreds. The boat was taking on water and the waves were threatening to destroy the entire vessel. Each sailor grew more and more fearful. They had never experienced such a storm. Each man prayed to his own God, desperately asking for mercy. As the frightened mariners prayed for their lives, Jonah was fast asleep in the brig, content in his disobedience to God. The captain burst open the doors and awoke Jonah. How could you be sleeping? The captain wailed. Get up! You better be praying to your God as we are praying to ours. Perhaps yours will actually answer. Jonah rose from his cot and walked up to the deck. He fell forward as the waves shook the boat. Jonah looked up and saw a mighty tempest surrounding him. The cold wind felt like a razor blade on his face, and the rain drummed against the wood of the ship. Jonah knew what was happening. God had found him. There would be no escape. The crew gathered lots to see who was responsible for the unprecedented storm. They cast them onto the deck, and the lot fell on Jonah. They looked at him in disgust. Who are you? they shouted. Tell us why this evil has come upon us. Where do you come from, and why are you here? Jonah's lips quivered slightly. He looked at the men and said, I am a Hebrew. You worship gods of water, wind, or land. But I worship the God who has made the water, wind, and land, and I am running from him. The men were exceedingly afraid. They were harboring a man who was fleeing the almighty creator of the sea. Even they, in their limited knowledge of God, knew that Jonah made a big mistake joining them. What are we supposed to do with you? they asked. Jonah looked out at the vast sea raging. It was growing more violent by the minute. These sailors would be underwater in less than an hour, unless Jonah did something. He took a deep breath and said, Throw me in. The men gasped for a moment. Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. The storm should quiet after that. Lord, forgive us and do not hold this man's life against us. The men cried out as they threw Jonah into the water. Jonah was hurled into the air and then surrounded by the raging sea. The men repented and bowed before God. They worshipped him and made vows of devotion to him. The Gentile men had more repentant hearts than Jonah himself. 
The waters continued to thrash in every direction. Jonah swam to the best of his ability, but was eventually consumed by the dark and vast ocean. He fell deeper and deeper into the depths. Jonah closed his eyes, embracing his inevitable demise. Even now, surrounded by a storm, Jonah was happy he wasn't in Nineveh. As Jonah was ready to welcome death, a large shadow loomed over him. He opened his eyes in terror. A gargantuan fish was swimming towards him. Jonah screamed, but the sound was trapped by the water surrounding him. And in an instant, he was consumed by the scaly gray. Jonah awoke in darkness. He could barely move and could see nothing around him. The stench of rotting fish and stomach acid filled his nostrils. He could hear nothing but his own panicked breathing. For hours he lamented his own undoing. He tried to escape with no success. He was trapped in an underwater tomb. Hours passed, then a day. Hunger and thirst consumed him, and he could feel his joints beginning to cramp in place. Yet there was this peace that Jonah felt during the second day. Surrounded by darkness, Jonah began to feel the presence of God. Joy welled up inside Jonah, and he began to sing to the Lord. I called to God in my time of need, and he answered me. From the belly of the grave I cried, and he heard. You cast me into the depths, O Lord. You threw me into the heart of the seas, and your waves crashed over me. I am driven away from you, but I will set my eyes upon your temple. The waters have closed in to kill me. The deep has surrounded me. The weeds are wrapping around my neck. Yet I will praise and give thanks to you, my God. On the third day, as Jonah accepted his place with God in the sea, he felt a surge come through the belly of the fish. Rumbling surrounded Jonah, and he looked up to see a faint light. The fish threw Jonah up, and once again he found himself surrounded by water. It consumed him, but he could still see a light above him. He swam towards it. His bones were sore and his body was weak, but he swam with all his might. Then Jonah emerged out of the water. He gasped for air. The sun was shining brightly, and Jonah could see the soft sand only a few yards away. He clawed his way to shore and basked in freedom. A tired laughter came across Jonah as he allowed the gentle breeze to tickle his face again. He was spared for a purpose. A purpose he was still reluctant to accept. Today's scripture is a very familiar story to so many people. It is God's word about a prophet by the name of Jonah. We discover very quickly that not all prophets were as obedient or quick to obey as great men like Nathan or Elijah or Elisha, who spoke God's truth to people powerfully, knowing very well that it could even cost them their lives. These were faithful men from the start. But Jonah was nothing like these men. So when God called him to go to a Gentile land, a very violent and wicked city called Nineveh, and to call the people there to repent and to revival, what did he do? Did he object or ask God why or share his fears or frustrations with God? No, he ran. He was a runaway would-be prophet. Now, before we judge him too quickly, how many times have some of us run from the will of God in our lives? 
How many times have we refused to obey God? But Jonah wasn't acting just out of self-preservation. God was calling this man to go to the Gentiles. They were enemies, very violent enemies of Israel. Surely they deserved whatever judgment and devastation was coming their way. Why would God want to save the wicked Ninevites anyway? So instead of obeying God, Jonah headed to the nearest port and caught a ship in the opposite direction of Nineveh, a boat headed to Tarshish. It, of course, was a very futile attempt to run from God because it is impossible to run from God. And it wasn't long before the Lord came after him. His boat ride away from God's will soon hit rough seas. The vessel was tossed about in a storm in the waves, terrifying the sailors who began praying to their false gods. They woke up Jonah, who somehow managed to sleep through the terror and urged him to pray to his own God, lest they all die. But pray as they might, the seas just got rougher and rougher. Desperate, the sailors decided to cast lots to decide who was responsible for their situation, someone to blame. And of course, by that time, Jonah most certainly knew it was all his fault. He was the runaway, and he was the problem. And when they cast lots, this was confirmed. So Jonah confessed. He came clean and said that he served the Hebrew God, the creator of the sea and the dry land, and he was fleeing from him. Jonah knew that there was only one solution. He was to be thrown overboard to save the men and satisfy God's judgment. The sailors at first resisted this suggestion, doing all they could do to row the boat to safety and calm, but all of their efforts were in vain. Finally, they gave in, and they threw Jonah into the sea. Immediately, the waters were stilled. All was calm. Even in this moment, God had shown these pagan sailors that he was indeed God of heaven and earth, of the land and the seas, of the sun and the storms. They fell before God, offering sacrifices and vows to this one God who could calm the raging seas. One day, the disciples of Jesus would witness this same God in the person of Jesus Christ, calming the seas and stilling the storm, when he said, Peace, be still. Jonah, of course, would have been lost, drowned in the deep waters, had God not mercifully provided a rescue. Jonah 1.17 says this, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. You might think that being swallowed by a giant fish was God's punishment, when in reality it was God's rescue plan. Was it terrifying? Of course. Was it very unpleasant? Yes, without a doubt. But what was the alternative for Jonah? Being swallowed by the deep, dying alone, and never having fulfilled his purpose in life? Or to find in God a rescue plan? The fish was a second chance for Jonah. And as he awoke in the belly of the fish, he sang a song of praise and adoration to God. Just like the Ninevites, Jonah did not deserve to be spared his gruesome fate. And yet as he worshiped God, he sang to the Lord, salvation belongs to the Lord. And that is a great truth that we always must remember, that salvation always comes from God. At God's command, the fish threw Jonah up on the shore. Perhaps now this reluctant prophet was ready to announce to the people of Nineveh that they also could repent and find salvation in God. That's what we'll find out in tomorrow's reading. Dear God, we thank you that you are always the God of the second chance, 
and as many chances as we need when we truly confess our sins and come to you. We thank you for the cross and the promise of salvation. We know that salvation comes from you and you only. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died, who was buried, and on the third day rose again so that this good news message could be delivered to the whole world. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make Bible study and prayer the priority of your life. And if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, because by sharing the Word of God, you can make a huge difference in someone's life. And let me encourage you to go to jackgram.org. That's jackgram.org to find multiple resources, many resources for your Christian walk and life. God bless you and have a great day. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Little hands and minds can start learning anytime. The good and the beautiful gives you everything you need to spark a love of lifelong learning. Give your preschoolers engaging, hands-on material built on high academic standards and wholesome values. Find a variety of free resources and affordable curriculum to ignite your child's curiosity. Start your journey now at goodandbeautiful.com. The good and the beautiful bring home a love of learning. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.